Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the best podcast ever. Woo! Woo! That's us. It feels like it's been a minute, but hey, I think we're getting back into the rhythm of like shooting and everything, right? Yeah, for sure, for With sure. With camera now. Yeah, yeah, at first it was a little bit uh, daunting, but then now we're kind of getting used to it. I can't even tell that there's a camera there and a camera there. <laughs> but uh, it's fun, man. It's fun. Um, Some fast facts before we jump into today's episode. Mm. If you haven't figured this out yet, Spotify actually showcases the videos in the podcast. Yeah. So like if you are watching or if you're listening to the episode, if you actually look at your Spotify, you can see us there. Like we're there. Yeah. Like I think like if you're if you normally have a song on and it shows like the album cover instead of an album cover, it's uh it's us. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's a, us. Yeah, it's a super cool feature. Uh, I think Spotify and Anchor they're slowly rolling it out. So yeah. it's not like a huge commercialized thing yet. Yeah. But yeah, you Jeremy, you got it right. Um, it's literally in replace of the album cover yeah. or like sometimes videos appear like the music videos on certain songs and that's where our faces are and you could see yeah. everything real time, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So, uh, okay. All right. Let's just jump right into this episode. Let's do it. So today uh, I wanted to talk about your trip to China because mm-hmm. when it comes to branding or like sourcing pieces for a clothing brand specifically, mm-hmm that's like the go-to spot like in terms of like price point in terms of like materials and everything available like what was the inspiration for you to go to china yeah Uh, that's a good question i actually get that a lot from different people Um, but in terms of uh, starting a brand you could really do it two ways right so the first way that a lot of people do is they source things from alibaba so that's kind Mm -hmm. of like a website where you just work directly with uh, chinese manufacturers yeah and so if you're doing something like a brand or like drop shipping or amazon chances are a lot of uh, those business owners never fly to china ever you know, they just do everything through communication via mm. online or mm. WeChat and things like that. Gotcha. Um, but for me, my case is a little bit different because I did try that. And then I did try to um, do everything through communication via the phone. Mm-hmm. But it just got way too hard and there was just too many mistakes and it was a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I eventually just said, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to fly to China and then get it done myself because you got to understand, you know, working with manufacturers is not an easy task because first of all you don't know them face to face right you just met them um virtually or just through email or message yeah and so you don't know if they're trustworthy you don't know how good they are um you don't know how communicative they are and all that so funny story is the very first time i ever did samples i blew about a thousand dollars and then the sample came back uh, in like three months, which is really fucking long. <laughs> and then when I got it back, the hoodie that I designed, I put it on. It was a size large and it literally went up to like my belly button. Right? <laughs> no. yeah. Wait, do you have pictures? I don't have pictures, bro. But I was so oh. mad, bro. Like <laughs> I was so frustrated. I was so sad. I was so mad. I felt so many emotions because... This is the first time I like dove into manufacturing, you know, yeah, and yeah. $1,000 is a lot of money, especially on samples. Yeah. And then to get it and the colors were off, I asked for like a, a navy blue and they gave me like a baby blue. And I was like, first of all, what? it's a wrong color. The fit is off. Everything is um, just a mess. And oh so, my God. yeah, that's a huge uh, problem with a lot of people who do manufacturing. And chances are, if you have done a clothing brand you probably have a bunch of these horror stories it's not um, yeah yeah dude i never knew that wait in terms of like the mistakes and stuff like if we backtrack Mm -hmm. like where can you get manufacturing done for someone that's like really interested like because all i know is like alibaba and china but i've seen brands go to like korea yeah um so i think a lot of that is just based on available resources Uh obviously alibaba is the most convenient because you could just have access via google you know using the internet okay and then so chances are a lot of those manufacturers are from china but there are certain cases where you know vietnamese factories or middle eastern factories they go on that platform and then they also um try to like sell themselves too yeah yeah um but for me it mainly started through friends of friends so like i got a contact who was doing manufacturing in china mm-hmm. and then they said they would introduce me to somebody else and then so that's kind of like how it happened oh, okay. but you're right like yeah you go to korea korea's fabrics they're known to be very high quality premium same with japanese fabrics mm-hmm. uh but it's just very expensive oh and then the minimums are probably higher and so you definitely have to um have some form of connection to kind of um get in there but 
there are a lot of success stories though of people who find manufacturers through Alibaba and they uh -huh. blow up. You know, there's a Dang. lot of brands out there right now that started as drop shipping and then they blew up and they became a full on brand, which is absolutely what? insane. Yeah. And so it's not impossible. Yeah. But for me, the reason why I decided to fly there was because after I had that, I had so much trauma. I was like, yeah. dude, I don't want to freaking do this again and spend another thousand dollars and lose it. Yeah, I'd yeah, rather yeah. spend that thousand dollars to go on a flight and fly to China myself. You yeah. Know? So how did you know like to go to China? Because we just talked about like premium fabrics and yeah. the quality and stuff over there. Like what, what made you land here? Yeah, so China, it kind of um, just landed on my lap because I had a mutual friend whose dad did manufacturing in Shanghai in China. And then, so I reached out to them and said, Hey, is there any way you guys can introduce me to a factory? Uh, cause I'm trying to release the first collection. Okay. And, uh, keep in mind winners collective first collection, it was all custom cut and sew. Yeah. So you absolutely need to use a manufacturer because cut and sew means everything is cut and sewn to what you want. Dang, right. Yeah. And the difference between that and other brands are, uh, or other approaches is that some people can just buy blanks. So pre-made fabrics and just, um, uh, put their logo on it and then sell it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the difference between like, um, just branding a blank versus creating a piece from ground up. Gotcha. So I reached out to a couple people and then at the time, um, uh, my friend Johnny, actually, he was a videographer and he was a part of winners collective. He was Chinese. Okay. And then, so he was like, shoot, Daniel, if you want to go, like, I'll go with you. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Let's make a vlog out of it. Yeah. And yeah. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. And so, man, it's crazy, bro. <laughs> so this is the very first time I went to China and it was a, it was a fun experience. Um, well, dude, just slow down. Just walk us through all yeah, of it. Bro. Yeah. Man, yeah. It's a, it's a lot, but, um, so, so you and Johnny, all right, here yeah. we go. So you guys planned the trip. Like we did. Is he working full time right now? Like, does he take time off for this or? So Johnny was working at accounting firm at the time. Okay. And then that's when I was working at Broadcom, a tech company. Also, oh, both of you guys had to take yeah, time off. Yeah, we were off. both working oh, in the world. All right, like, all right. Fuck it, dude. Let's take PTO and let's fucking make it happen. <laughs> and so uh, we told our bosses and we got the okay. And then we were planning. We're like, shoot, where should we stay? Yeah, yeah. And then so at the time, all we really knew was um manufacturers based off of like friends of friends or mm. alibaba okay. so my bad so i kind of messed up the timeline so the second time i went was when i visited my friend's factory the first time with johnny this is the very first time we actually went kind of like blindfolded almost oh <laughs> yeah it was crazy but i was lucky because i had johnny and he spoke chinese yeah and then he also had a few clients uh, who come to his accounting firm who live in China as well. Oh, yeah. So okay. that helped. But yeah. before that, we were like, fuck, dude, let's find Airbnb and let's uh, try to book some nice places, right? Oh, so, man. Airbnb, China, we're looking. And keep in mind, all right, pictures, Airbnbs look nice. We're like, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I know how this plot ends. <laughs> yeah, bro. So we're like, shoot, dude, this is a nice apartment, like top floor. We could see the river. There's like glass windows. This is sick, bro. Let's stay here. Wasn't even that bad in terms of pricing. Uh-huh. So we booked that and then we stayed there for a week. Okay. And then while we were there, we're like, man, let's just take like the cab or Uber to like Guangzhou from there and then come back and then let's just try to get some vlog footage. Cause that's when uh, we were really trying to vlog and push it. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were like, you know what? Let's just do this because we're young and you know, we're not going to learn any other way. Right. right? Yeah. And so we said, fuck it. We bought the flight tickets and then we flew to China. How many, how many days? Uh, shoot. I don't remember exactly, but we were there for at least seven days. Dang. At least. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause if you go on our winners collective YouTube, you could probably see the vlogs we did. Oh, and then you could see everything from us landing and then, you, know, you can you can see everything. So if anyone wants to see it, YouTube Winners Collective, and then you might see the China vlogs on there. It's it's pretty okay. funny. Hell yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we landed, and then first of all, we landed like later in the day, so it was nighttime, and then we took a cab to the Airbnb. Mm -hmm. But the check-in process was super sketch. It's like go somewhere else and like find a lockbox that was like hidden inside like 
some woods type of deal, bro. What? It was really weird. We, like, we took us like an hour and a half to find it, bro. No. Yeah. And then we freaking finally get the key. And then we finally find the Airbnb. We take the elevator up to top floor. And then we go and we open it. And it's not as good as advertised. You know, oh, pretty much. my God. Like the pictures look spotless. You yeah. Know, and everything looks super nice. But some of the outlets were kind of fucked up. Uh, the <gasps> internet or electricity sometimes like went in and out. Oh my god! And so it was um, quite the experience, but the view was really nice, still. Okay, okay. Yeah, because there's a view of the river. Yeah, and you could see like ferry boats. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where we landed. But uh, sorry, I feel like I'm going on for no. For these are amazing tangents, dude. I feel like it really paints the story because, yeah. like, I, that's what people want to know. I, to me, at least, that's what yeah. I want to know. Like, what was that whole thing like? Because you went there blindfolded, you got your homie to go with you, and yeah. you took PTO to like yeah. make this happen. So you guys are here now. Like, what what's next? It's like, do you like Yelp factories from there, or like does Johnny already have like a hit list of like these are the ones we're looking up? Or yeah. Like- so shout out Johnny. Um, he actually did a lot shout of the communication. Johnny. Yeah, because uh, he could speak the language. So before we went. Uh, we actually, we went very organized, you know, it's not like we yeah. went and we were like YOLO type of deal. Yeah. But before we went, we like got everybody's contact on WeChat, which is the messaging platform. Oh, okay. And then Johnny downloaded like the, um, taxi app on his phone beforehand. Okay. And then, so we were somewhat prepared mm-hmm. and the first two days we were kind of like, Hey, let's just get settled and then let's, um, try to like explore a little bit. And then on the third day, let's go to the hat factory in Guangzhou. Gotcha. And so the first two days, uh, funny story, we looked for a gym and we found one. And so you can see in the <laughs> vlog, like we're gymming and Johnny's like, of course, this guy wants to go to the gym. <laughs> and so we were working out and then we kind of walked around the place. We tried, um, I think it was McDonald's over there and they Ooh. had like a spicy chicken sandwich. A lot yeah. of people were like, bro, you have to try it. And so we ate that. It was really good. And uh, we were kind of just chilling and Johnny had brought his drone. So we bought a drone for this trip. Oh, hell yeah. I remember, bro, we were flying that shit in China, and I'm pretty sure it was illegal, bro, but we were like, fuck it, dude, let's go. Put it up, put it up. And he would, like, literally raise it up in the sky. People would be watching us, and it was so sketch because I find out, like, you're not supposed to do that. Oh. Yeah, but he got some pretty dope footage. It's all in the vlog. Like, it was worth it for sure. Dang. Johnny, if you're listening to this, you should resell that. Yeah. That's rare footage. (laughs) You got past it. (laughs) So we we did that. And then um, third day, we were like, let's go to the hat factory. And Uh um, that was a hat for the Windows Collected dad caps, actually. The the black ones. Yeah, hell yeah. Dude, those are my favorite. They're completely gone out of stock. (sighs) Yeah. So... um, that one we found online and then Johnny was like, shoot, Daniel, it's like a two hour drive. Are you down to Uber or like uh, take a cap? Yeah. I was like, let's do it. We're going for like an hour and a half, bro. And then all of a sudden we leave like the city and then we start going into like the countryside. And then I kid you not, bro. First time in China. I didn't really know what to expect. Uh huh. Imagine just seeing like a whole bunch of dirt road on the right and left of you. Okay. And then as you're going deeper into the countryside, the color of the sky goes from blue to gray because of the pollution. What? Yeah, it like was you can really bad. Physically see you can it? physically see it. Bro. Oh my God. And it just started getting worse and worse to the point where like we had masks because we were told like, oh, you want to wear masks? Wow. And keep in mind, this was before COVID. This was pre-COVID. way back. Yeah. And so like you could smell um, ashes, smoke, fire all in the air. And yeah. this is from factories. Just from factories, yeah. What the fuck? And this is especially common in Guangzhou because that's kind of like the major hub for all manufacturing. And the place we were going is like super janky. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it wasn't like some high-end place. Like, I'm not going to paint you guys an amazing picture. It was literally like a rundown fucking five-story building, but it wasn't even a full building. It was like made out of bricks and stuff. And then so we went upstairs and we met the factory owner. Super nice guy. Uh Chinese business people have this tradition where you sit down and then they have this uh, nice tea set Oh, where they'll pour you tea and then they'll give you cigarettes. Oh, what? So you just talk business while you do that. And it's a really cool concept. Um, Everybody we visited, they all had that same type of tea set. Yeah. And so the whole, I think, concept or purpose behind that is like, oh, we're talking about business, but I want to get to know you too. Yeah. yeah. And I want you to feel comfortable, you know, in our factory and stuff. And so we went in there and yeah, man, I remember seeing that factory. Um, 
before I expected to see something super nice, super lavish, like huge lines of uh, manufacturing like equipment. Yeah. But as soon as you go in, man, it's a completely different world. It's like old elderly, you know, just working on sewing factories, like machines. Oh, and wow. then you have like younger, you know, adults. And then you have anywhere from like 15 year old to like 80. Oh, what? And then they're just like, you know, manufacturing and stuff. And it was pretty crazy experience, bro. Like it makes you um, really appreciate the manufacturing process more. Because once you see all those battered hands and the amount of work that goes into creating a piece, yeah. you don't really take it for granted, right? And gotcha. you know how it is, like, we're blessed to be in America. But when you go to places like China, like, especially over there, um, the conditions isn't that good. Like, I went to the bathroom, and then it was literally just, like, a little hole in the ground. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> good thing I just have to take a, a piss, you know? <laughs> like, nothing else. And then, like, as I was leaving the bathroom, too, I saw, like, a couple rats just... Uh, roaming oh across my god yeah, yeah so it wasn't like an amazing experience or anything but um it was dope though because uh, you want to see all that because you want to see how your clothing is made you yeah know? yeah and then you want to you know do something about the process do something about you know whatever you're making and, and it kind of like inspires you too to work harder yeah and um yeah that was the hat experience man it was crazy dang like how did you know like this factory was gonna be like the one for the hats like did they give you like a sample on the spot or they like showcase you like different products they've already made like yeah so before we went we got one sample from them and it was okay it wasn't perfect and so um i remember with the first hat uh, i'm sure you know jeremy but the brim is very uh firm yeah the yeah. front part and yeah. so we wanted it like that 100 percent. yeah the first one it was very flimsy yeah and so we were like hey we want to make the front brim like super hard like new era fitted caps yeah and so we brought that with us and we went to the factory and we're like hey can you guys make the front like this you know not yeah. so it's super flimsy but so it has structure yeah. can you make the top also have a lot of structure because we want it to be like a full-on cap you know yeah. not like one of those flimsy dad caps where if you like wave it yeah, it yeah, its yeah. form. yeah so that's how we kind of prepared ourselves with them gotcha yeah so that's um, what happened. And um, pretty much we were there for like an hour and a half, two hours. And then uh, we discussed everything. We were like, hey, we're excited to do business. Thank you so much. And uh, we hope, you know, this turns out the way we want it, you know? Yeah. And so parted ways and we went back to our Airbnb. Dang. Um, yeah. But that was such a wild experience. Like even yeah. to this day, like I look back and it just felt like a, kind of like a dream. Like I felt like, I was in a different world in a yeah. sense. And so, man, something I will never forget. Dang, that's very cool, dude. Yeah. There's a little, little side tangent here, but like at that time, because we know like uh, at least when you make those purchases like from a factory and stuff, you kind of wire money. Like did you yeah. pay them on the spot? Did you cut them a check like right there? Like how does that work? Yeah, so pretty much after we visited their factory, we discussed payment. And then yeah. we were like, hey, can we do like down payment first? And then the rest upon, um, not delivery, but upon shipment. So that's how like a lot of the factories work. They'll do like an initial down payment. Yeah. And that'll be enough to have them purchase the fabrics and the material. Gotcha. And then as soon as they're done, usually 99% of the time, they won't ship it until you send them the rest. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And then once you wire transfer it, send them proof, they'll put it on a boat or plane, whatever, and then ship it over. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I see. So all of that happened in the course of one day? So the hat factory was one day, yeah. Gotcha. So what happened on the other six days? Yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> the other two days after that, we really just walked around and toured um china like guangzhou that area we were looking mm -hmm. at like yelp different places we could visit we wanted to get some like super cool aesthetic pictures so we were like finding uh those ig worthy spots <laughs> um but then the last i think it was two or three days we actually flew from guangzhou to shanghai oh was this planned this was planned okay, yeah. okay. so we were gonna be in uh guangzhou for like three-fourths of the trip and then the remaining it was gonna be in shanghai Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. okay. Because Johnny's client um, lived in Shanghai and then he was like, hey, you guys should stop by and I will host you or like treat you guys. Yeah. And then um, you guys could visit Shanghai, you know, not just uh, Guangzhou. Yeah, and yeah. see more like city life. Yeah. And so 
we flew to Shanghai and then shout out. His name was Jack. Uh-huh. Very nice guy. Uh, as soon as we landed, he picked us up in his nice Porsche, which is very expensive in China. Like automobiles are like double, triple the price as it is really? here. Really? Yeah, especially Damn. in Shanghai. And then he had actually paid for our entire hotel for us to stay at. So he dropped us off at the hotel and then we settled in and he was like, hey, are you guys hungry? I'm going to take you to one of the most famous spots in Shanghai. And it was what? Heidi Lau. Oh, wow. Yeah, this was a while back, bro. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember walking into Heidi Lau. He was telling us, hey, I had my assistant put our names down six hours before because this place gets really crowded. Yeah, yeah. We went, bro, the line was out the door. And it's so insane that they have like um, services while you wait. So there's like nails <laughs> done. You can get your what? nails done, haircut. It's crazy, bro. I had no idea. What? Yeah. And like like people were literally getting their hair cut yeah, like while while they're waiting. Yeah, because the the wait was so long because I think that was when it was like first popping off in China. It was a brand new restaurant. I know yeah. now there's a bunch here. Yeah, yeah. Um but I remember we went and then that was the first time I saw like the performances while you're eating. Like they do that here too, but yeah. in Shanghai, like they went all out, bro. Like the noodle man was like spinning and doing all <laughs> and I was just sitting there like, "Damn, this is crazy." Like I had no idea there's food places like this. Yeah. And then there's like another mask guy who goes around and like, he'll like, oh, and then like a new mask pops and stuff what? like that. It's crazy. So it's like live performance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, side tangent. Yeah. If this is the same Jack that we're talking about, I think Johnny connected me with Jack too. And then he helped me get oh, those bottles. bottles. Yeah. Yeah. It's him. That's him. It's yeah. Him. Yeah. Super nice dude, dude. Honestly, he was such an amazing host, man. Shout out to him. Dude, that's insane. Yeah, so we had Heidi Lau, and then um, it was amazing. It was so good, man. It was so good. And then uh, afterwards, we were tired, so we dropped us off at the hotel. We kind of just relaxed. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And then the next day, he had cleared up his schedule because he wanted to drive us to a couple factories that he knew of. Yeah, yeah. And then so that day was just spent with like him going to different factories, talking to them about what we needed. Yeah. But unfortunately, we didn't really find a clothing one that we, mm. we wanted to work with. So it didn't really work out. But yeah, yeah. it was still cool to see all that. Yeah. Yeah. And then that night, he took us to um, Korean barbecue. What? And so we ate that. Dude, nice guy, Jack. Dude. What, why? Why are you so nice? Yeah, super nice guy, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then so we did that. And then the final night, um, we actually linked up with one of our friends from UCI. No way. Yeah. In, in China? In China. What? Okay. He was a foreign exchange student. And then me and Johnny oh, both knew him. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And so he was like, you guys are in China. Let's go <laughs> clubbing. And then we're like, fuck. Sure. Let's do it. And so I remember we met up and then we were walking to the club and then we stopped by like a 7-Eleven liquor store. Uh-huh. And then there's an alcoholic drink in China called Baiju. Baiju, bro. That is like liquid death. <laughs> what, right. what does that like even it just, mean? It straight up smells like gasoline. It's like, if I can explain it, it's like the China equivalent of soju, but it's stronger. Oh, I, hope I, okay. I hope I didn't chop that up. I mean, I'm sorry <laughs> if I did, but definitely tasted stronger. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. And so we just got a few bottles of that. We were like chugging it and we went clubbing. And uh, yeah, it was a wild time, bro. That's all <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> Dang. Uh, so how many oh, how many days was that while you were with Jack? And then did you guys end up finding or touring any more factories after or? No. So the last night, um, it was, I think it was a night after the clubbing um, situation. And then after that, we were just so hungover. We're like, dude, how are we going to make our flight? And then we went home right after. Like, home home like yeah like U home, home. usa home yeah usa okay. home so um it was shanghai was a very quick trip so like gotcha. guangzhou was a little bit more slow paced but then as soon as we got to shanghai uh jack wanted to take us to so many places like the yeah. first night done second night done last night we were like fuck we have to like go out and do something you yeah, know? yeah yeah so yeah. we went clubbing and then absolutely hammered and i was <laughs> so hungover bro <laughs> i remember running in that airport Stomach nauseous. Like, bro, I hate alcohol. <laughs> I hate clubbing. And we're like late running to the fucking um, terminal. 
made it on time and then we flew like five hours i remember i was so nauseous bro and then we had a layover in this different city in china it's much smaller one okay layover was for like two and a half hours and that's where me and johnny we ate some food and then luckily thank you heavens you helped us out um we switched planes and that plane was completely empty so me and johnny both had an entire road to ourselves dang and so my hungover ass you gotta just lay four, down yeah i literally laid down oh my god it's crazy we got lucky dang yeah so from this experience in your trip like what would you say like the main theme was like in terms of manufacturing and stuff like what did you learn what did you take home and what do you still have with you today yeah so hmm. i think my main takeaway from that trip was just how necessary it was for me to go and see everything for myself. And mm -hmm. the reason why I say that is because after that, that's when e-commerce started booming um, yeah. in terms of like Amazon dropshipping and just um, dropshipping in general. Gotcha. And there's so many, no hate at all, uh, younger kids and college young professionals who jumped in that dropshipping game. But none of them ever know anything about manufacturing and i i think i envy them but at the same time it's like man it's such a benefit to see all that too right, right? because yeah there are those uh younger kids who made millions off drop shipping but they probably never visited a factory ever yeah. nor have they seen anything or don't really understand how that process works yeah um but they still killed it because business is business there's different ways to do business there's right. different ways to sell right right but for me uh, going to that trip was definitely eye-opening because it made me appreciate the clothing brand process much more because mm -hmm. I've had friends who've done the brand route, right? So they've all dealt with the BS that comes from manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they all say the same thing, like that's part of the journey and that's part of like what makes you appreciate pieces that much more. Gotcha. And so that was my main takeaway, um, especially seeing that battered down factory man and the people working there and like the quality of life there yeah yeah it just makes you appreciate what you have to gotcha because i could still remember like the faces of like these grandmas and grandpas bro they're like the, my grandparents age and they're fucking working there you know like sewing to make yeah. money for yeah. themselves or their family and yeah. so that was definitely um something I, I took away for sure and i still hold it yeah gotcha Dang, that's crazy. Would yeah, you ever man. make another trip back out there? So I actually made another trip back out there uh, like four years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, I forget. You have two trips. Yeah, I have you two trips. earlier. Okay. Yeah, and then my last trip was to Vietnam, and that was right before COVID. So I actually went to Asia three times. And these are all four sourcing factories. Dang. Yeah. Like, what, what was the inspiration behind that? Like, was it because you want to just make sure, like, the people that you're working with, like, just understood you and just nailed down everything you were expecting to? Or Yeah. No, that's exactly it. So first one with Johnny was a trial run, right? Yeah. Second one was like, fuck, now I know how this works. I'm going to go prepared. I'm going to go and make this productive. And so the second trip was actually very, very productive. And mm -hmm. that was where the second collection was made. And so when I say productive, it was to the point where I went there and I was staying in the factories from morning to nighttime, working on the tech packs myself Dang. and then emailing it over to another worker who was in the next room over. Oh, sh and, literally on the spot. Yeah, I was literally on the spot. Dang. And then, um, the next morning I would come back and then I would follow them to the marketplace and then look for the fabric myself. Wow. And so it was a huge 180 from the first time. First one was just, let's go and see. Second one was like, fuck it. This is business. Yeah. Let's make it happen. We have to make all these different pieces and I'm going to do it and make this the most efficient trip. And so that's what we did. But, you know, usually when I go though, I try to make it a balance. So with this one, we did work. And then the last few days we flew to uh, Hong Kong mm -hmm. and then we kind of had a little bit of fun too. Gotcha. Mm. So I try to like balance it out. Yeah. Dang. Okay, so the second trip, that was like business or like what? Yeah, so second trip was for the second collection actually. And okay. then so the first time I went Johnny, that was kind of like a trial run. Yeah. Second one was business straight up. So 
everything was more planned to the point where I would be staying at the factories from morning to nighttime. Yeah. And I would literally be designing tech packs. Yeah. And then sending it over to the worker in the other room yeah. who was in charge of sourcing. And the next morning, we would go to the marketplace, search for different fabrics, and then try to like start the pieces. Gotcha. Yeah. Dang. So that one was pretty efficient. Yeah. How long were you there for the second trip? Oh, man. I don't remember the exact days, but I think we were there for about four days. Okay. Yeah. Oh, when you say we, you and Johnny both went again? No. So this one was a different time. I went with um, my friend Liz and then her mom who knew a lot of factories out there. So we oh, were- Oh, okay. Yeah. We were testing out those factories this time. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Okay. So you're there for- Four days this time around, right? Yeah. How many factories did you have like planned out? So this one, it was just two because they were um, Liz's mom's friends. Okay. And then so this one, when I say it was more organized, it was literally like they picked us up, treated us to dinner. We went to the hotel and then next morning went to the first factory. Gotcha. And then we were just discussing what type of pieces we were looking for and all that stuff. Yeah. And then the second one... Um, Liz's mom was closer to the owner. And so that one, I literally treated like my office space. Like there's probably pictures of me in the office with like windows, views of like tall buildings. And I'm like literally staring down at a table with a bunch of different fabric swatches. Yeah. And trying to like pick and choose which one I like. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, man, it was a grind, bro. I was straight up working like morning to nighttime. Like we would, uh, Sheesh. yeah, have food delivered to us and we would just be eating while we're like designing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fun, man. Like it was a, a lot of fun. Hell yeah, dude. So at this point in time, like, were you well versed in like designing, like doing the tech packs and stuff? Or were you like learning on the fly and like trying to figure all that stuff out too? Yeah. So at this point I was probably like a year and a half into it. So yeah. I was more, um, experienced with it but it was still not anything close to perfect man like mm -hmm. um there's probably so many people out there who are so much better than i am in terms of designing tech packs uh but for me i always said keep it simple really mm -hmm. um you know have like your reference samples have a, a design and then go to china and then talk to them about what you want right because mm -hmm. that will save a lot of time and a lot of extra errors because now you're in person and you can tell them exactly what you want to change. Because mm. if you talk through messages, like, you know, Jeremy, now yeah. a lot of things can get lost in translation. A yeah, lot of yeah. things, bro. And like, it's almost like you're playing telephone, right? Like I'll start with a line of 10 people and tell the first person 10 things. By the time it gets to the last person, they'll probably get like four or five things right. Right. You know, so that's kind of like the way I see it. And so that was the value of going in person. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Well, so in person too, because now I'm picturing you like you're sitting there, you're working on like this sheet. You've got like a let's say like a sweater or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you tell them like this is the texture you want? Because I imagine there's still language barrier, and you don't speak Chinese, do you? No, I, I, don't, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. But, so uh, like, how did you? How, what happened? Yeah. So <laughs> luckily at the factory, um, there are one or two workers who speak English because. Okay. They're in charge of dealing with like U.S. clients, right? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I spoke to them, but um, before I went there, I had made all the tech packs first. Gotcha. And then we had shipped our reference samples to them three weeks in advance, so it would arrive there by the time we got there. Gotcha. So okay. uh, that's how we were uh, additionally prepared as well. Gotcha. And so... By the time I was there, it was really like I had almost everything I needed. I had my laptop, which had all the design files. Yeah. I had my reference samples. And then at that point, it was just going out and finding the right material. Gotcha. Yeah. Damn. So, Dude, you're grinding, man. Bro, I was, so like, I was fucking grinding, dude. Like, no joke. It was straight up work. It was crazy, man. Like, looking back now. Yeah. So, okay. You did the first two trips to China. And I know you just mentioned you did a third trip to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. What was the inspiration behind that? So Vietnam one, it was slightly different. Um, I used to have a business partner who um, wanted to start his own sourcing and manufacturing company. Okay. And then he actually reached out to me a couple of years back and he was like, Daniel, do you want to help me start this business here in the States? And then the appeal factor for me was the fact that his family owns like four factories in Vietnam. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they were pretty well established out there. Yeah, yeah. They were doing pieces for uh, Zara, Uniqlo, 
H&M and stuff like that. Dang. Yeah. Okay. And then so um, at the time, my business partner, he didn't really have as much experience in clothing. Yeah. Uh, but I did. And so I definitely was like doing my best to try to help him out and stuff. And so the whole point of that trip was for me to visit Vietnam, visit his factories, talk to his mom who was the owner and then tell them about our business plan. And then at the same time, I was getting a few Winners Collective pieces made too. Gotcha. So I try to like kill two birds with one stone type of deal. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so we went for that and um, yeah, we just toured all the factories and this one was like the first China trip, but it was 2.0, you know? And the, the reason why I say that is because um, the parties were bigger. No, okay. no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the factories were nicer. So this one uh, was more in line to like the vision I originally had of how I want the factories to be. Gotcha. Because, you know, they had a lot more money and the factories were very nice. It was super nice, man. Like it was literally rows of like, silver tables and there's like a cutting section there's a stitching section there's like dyeing sections everything dang and so it was uh really cool to see but when you're there in like the hub of vietnam too in like the manufacturing cities mm -hmm. it's the same though like the roads are all dirt the sky is also gray and polluted <sighs> and they're just burning a lot of stuff you know they're just burning whatever they have left over gosh uh... and so in terms of that it was still pretty similar mm -hmm. um but yeah, Vietnam was cool. We did that. And then um, I actually, so I went to Korea first myself and then I flew to Vietnam and that's where I met up with my old business partner. Mm -hmm. And then I was there for like five days and then I flew back to Korea, spent Christmas there and then I flew back home. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. gotcha. And then when I was flying back home, that's when the first outbreaks was happening in China. Oh, yeah. And so that's when COVID was first starting to happen. But it was when people were saying like, oh, it hadn't reached the U.S. yet. Gotcha. And so I didn't know at the time that, that would be my last Asia trip. Dang. But it's pretty crazy to think well, yeah, about. What, what, yeah. year, what year was that? Like, that was like three years ago now, I think. 2019? It was the December 20... right before, yeah, COVID. What? Yeah, I think that was Dude. 2019, right? I think so, yeah. Just, I'm just yeah. getting chills thinking about that. Like, wow, that yeah. was like the last trip yeah it's crazy it's crazy yeah it's like one of those things you don't think about like i mean going on a side tangent here it's like uh remember when you were a kid i don't know if you like played outside with your neighbors and stuff yeah yeah. but like you guys never planned for like that last day of like this is the last meetup where we all pull up on our little bikes in the yeah. driveway like no one plans that like yeah. same thing here you you didn't know it was gonna be like your last trip where you could travel without a mask and like yeah be chilling yeah, I had no idea. And then the funny thing is when we came back, our goal was to go back to Vietnam three months later. And then I was going to stay there for two months and intern at a company called Crystal Group. Crystal Group? Yeah, it's like one of the biggest manufacturing consulting companies in Asia. Mm -hmm. And then while we were there in Vietnam, we did a few presentations to like some of the executives there. Mm -hmm. And then they told us like, hey, if you want to learn, why don't you spend a few months here and then at first i was like damn am i crazy to go to vietnam and, and do this mm -hmm. but at the time my old business partner he had like a house there too so oh, everything okay. was there you know yeah yeah it was just time yeah and so we were originally planning to do that but then the shutdowns happened and we were like man should we go but i was like dude what if we go we get stuck there you know we can't come back and yeah. so we ended up not going which was a blessing mm -hmm. and um yeah just never happened and then that business ended up shutting down because of covid and everything and then i uh, actually uh don't work with him anymore or yeah gotcha so that the whole crystal group is no longer well crystal group is probably still exists that's like a huge i think it's like a billion dollar company bro it's okay. crazy gotcha yeah. um but we were gonna go and make like our own version of that mm -hmm. for the u.s oh, it just never happened okay yeah. i see yeah so, like, do you ever get those moments where you, like, think and look back, like, and have, like, a what-if moment, like, in that instance? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, but I try not to dwell on it too much, man, because things don't happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's a lot of what-ifs, man. At that point, like, it was what if I go to Vietnam? You know, when we come back, we had plans to, like, get investment. And then we were going to use that investment to get like office space in downtown LA. Like there was a lot of what ifs, oh, you know? Yeah. And like, 
it, we were pretty close to doing it all, you know? Yeah. And like getting a nice office in like downtown, you know, overlooking the city, whatever, and like bringing clients to our offices and stuff like that. But it just didn't pan out. And I think it's a, things happen for a reason. And so I, mm-hmm. I try not to like dwell on it too much. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel you on that. It, it like kind of just like eats at you almost yeah. when you like dwell on it for that long. For sure. So that last Vietnam trip, uh, what piece were you working on making? So that was uh, the birdie crop tees. Um, They were from the second collection. It's a woman's piece. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. So that piece, I went specifically with Vietnam because we used a fabric called Supima cotton, which is very, very comfortable. Yeah. And if any female listeners, you have to try like that piece is so comfortable. Like that entire woman's line for collection two. The fabrics are so comfortable. It's underrated. Like some of it, I, I'm like, Daniel, why didn't you do this like for men's <laughs> shorts too? Like, dude, like what? Yeah, maybe I should have, dude, but. Yeah, like it feels so good. I was like, maybe if I wear like an XL. Yeah. <laughs> right, you could try it, man. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe. No, those pieces are really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Dang. So now we're in this like weird limbo in terms of like producing clothes where yeah. It's like, it's so hard to get anything and then the supply chains get backed up. And I'm pretty sure as a listener, you've probably heard like, oh yeah, there's a chip shortage. Yeah. There's apparently there's a coin shortage too. I don't yeah, know if you ever I walk saw in, that. I saw yeah, you that. walk to a restaurant, they're like, well, we're cashless yeah. now. There's a, yeah. I saw it's that. like, dude, what do we do? Where do we go? What direction do we, you know, yeah. handle things? So I guess I'm, where I'm going with this is like, what do you feel like the future of manufacturing and that experience is and how do you think it's going to lead into like your next steps? Yeah. So I'm not sure, man, to be honest, like the whole state of manufacturing is kind of a mess. Yeah. And I know we just did that, um, underdogs piece, but you know, don't be fooled. Like there was a lot of, uh, hiccups and, you know, obstacles that we had to go through to get that made. Um, Mm. and, it's tough. It's tough to do manufacturing right now, unless you already have a solid manufacturer that you work with. Gotcha. Cause even with this one, we had a manufacturer we work with, but because of COVID, they only want to take profitable orders. Right. Mm-hmm. But for us, we got lucky. Um, and they wanted to help us out. So they did a, a lower quantity order. Yeah. Um, but when they do that, they really don't put as much attention to detail as they would for a larger order like H&M or something. You gotcha. Know? Well, so wait, sorry to cut you off there. Yeah. Like for our listeners that are getting into manufacturing and stuff, like what do you mean by lower quantity order? And how does that affect like the whole process altogether? Yeah. So every factory is going to have a, a minimum order quantity, MOQ. Mm-hmm. And, uh each factory is different. What I've seen mainly, it's like, it used to be like 300 pieces, 400 mm-hmm. pieces. Um, but I know during peak COVID, some of that went up to like 500. Dang. And so that means the minimum amount that you have to order for them to make your clothes is at least 300 pieces. So, so when, when you say like 300, is that like per size or like total? So 300 per style. So like if it's a shirt, you have to make 300. If it's a pair of joggers, you have to do 300. No, no, I mean like like size, like small, medium, large. Like so, no, no, those those could be split up between, um, you know, however you want to do it, like 20%, 40%. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. I thought you were going to say like you need like 900. No, 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 to no. Do, okay. total, total. Okay, yeah. okay. I was going to be like, dang. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I know we had a, a talk about this too, but, you know, obviously the landscape of Winners Collective is slowly changing and a lot more emphasis going on to podcasts. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I am completely open-minded now to whatever our audience resonates the most with. Yeah. And, you know, it's shitty. It's unfortunate because obviously I I love clothing, you know, but times are kind of changing. It's getting tougher. So I understand, you know, it's adapt or die sometimes. And so um, I'm just ready to go wherever the waves take us, man. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm on the same boat with you. And then to me now, like, coming from not necessarily like a manufacturing background, but more so just as an enthusiast of clothes. Like I've probably spent so much money on clothes too. Like you guys have probably seen me rocking like other brands and sometimes like a pair of joggers from them is like $150. But like to hear like Daniel's story about like how it gets done, it's like in my head, like I can only imagine like the amount of work it takes to do this. Mm -hmm. So now when we got like, when we get our own pieces, like the last underdogs tee, 
it's like I really treasure it. And it's like if you, uh, as a listener, secure this piece, this is like a, a token from us to you. Yeah. And it's like it makes this podcast tangible. And just know that like we don't know if we're ever going to be able to produce that again just because of the timeline, the given situation, everything. Mm-hmm. But if we ever catch you rocking in the street with it, we know like you were listening, you tuned into this podcast yeah. and you found it. For sure. And uh, Jeremy, I want to ask you for your perspective for the listeners too, because coming into clothing last year, it was still pretty foreign to you, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I want you to kind of give your take on what it was like, because I have people who come up to me all the time and say like, hey, I want to start a brand. I want yeah, to yeah. make cut and sew pieces. Yeah, that's exactly what I said to Daniel. Yeah. And the first <laughs> thing I always say is you have to have a lot of patience yeah. because it's not easy. And yeah. some people come to me, they're like, oh, I want to make this by... Um, three months later and I tell them like that's so, gonna be really hard yeah um, so be okay with having that delayed too yeah because there's a lot of things that are out of your control right like sizing um, mistakes happening and stuff like that so from from your perspective because you know you're a little bit uh, newer in this uh, field what would you say to anybody who's trying to jump into clothing <laughs> <laughs> don't do it <laughs> I no literally literally don't <laughs> like unless you truly love clothes and like if you're if your goal is to produce like cut and sew pieces unless you truly love clothes don't do it like that's just the genuine thing because like there's gonna be so many things out of your control like for me as like a, a business entrepreneur type person like i like to be in control i like to know when deadlines are and i like to achieve things by the deadline in this case it's like we um we had a tech pack it was done like daniel handled everything on that back in there and then it came back completely wrong like so, something was like over here but mm-hmm. the the wash was great but things were off and like for me with that controlling background it's just like what the heck how, how do we miss this like what's right. going on and to have to go through that process like multiple times was was tough. And I can't imagine like what you have to do in terms of like having a conversation in, on the back end mm-hmm. with a language barrier. Uh, yeah. And like trying to go back and forth with that. And then the craziest thing too was like, this is like one piece. <laughs> yep. So if you think of like a brand that puts out like a collection, dude, we would like be going back and forth over everything of like, no, this is not right. Okay, let's talk about the next thing. And yeah. I-, I can only imagine like it may have taken you let's 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 be generous and say like an hour's worth of a conversation to like address one mistake Mm -hmm. and now imagine you have 20 pieces in your collection that's 20 hours like you'd have to that'll take you like a whole week to like finish the entire collection and then you're not even guaranteed like it's gonna be done correctly you have to pray a little no no Bro, yeah, that's exactly it. And so that's also right there is why <laughs> I flew to China to design collections. Because yeah. This is one piece. Imagine like eight or nine, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, man, it's... And just to clarify, this is for cut and sew pieces. If you want to yeah. do like blanks and print yeah. on it, like that's easy. You know? yeah, if, you're, if you're branding, like blanks is great. You can yeah. find so many accessible blanks right now. And again, like in case you're unclear, blanks is basically like a shirt that already exists and you just slap a logo on it, you're done. Maybe that's what we'll do for a few other pieces too moving forward, but we'll see. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is something that it's not just winners collective. You know, I don't want you guys to think like, Oh my God, maybe they just said, cause I've no. talked to, for example, Polo and Andy, we've had Andy on our podcast. Before. Yeah. Andy Nguyen. Yeah. Yeah. They started I'm King. Right. Yeah. And I remember I talked to not just them, but other people who own brands. Yeah. And I said, what's the best piece of advice that you can give me? And they said, love what you do because if you don't you will get rocked and i didn't know what that meant they said you truly have to be passionate about this yeah because there's going to be so many times where you want to give up but just don't give up like that's literally what people would tell me all the time and i believe it now because you really have to be patient with the process and yeah you really have to give up control like jeremy said and be okay with it and be able to handle that stress and burden that comes from saying, fuck, it's out of my control now. It's on them. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah it's crazy. I'm glad you said all that because, man, <laughs> that you pretty much hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. I mean, that like that's just like acquiring the piece. Like if you picture like a brand from like the full standpoint, it's like, let's say all of that happens and you have a smooth sailing process during mm-hmm. that transition and you finally have the piece. 
once you have the piece, you have to sell the piece. Yeah. And that's a whole nother beast on its own. Like you got to figure out like, how do you want to do the marketing? Mm-hmm. How you want it to look? How you like create the images and stuff? Like when we were like doing the little shoot for our yeah. shirts, like we had like a green screen on the ground. Yeah. I literally brought a ladder up into this like studio and we were standing above and shooting into it. And it was just like this whole mess. And we were like, dude, what, how, how do we get this to look right? Yeah. And that's a whole nother literally career on its own. So if you want to get into like cutting stone pieces, you really have to love clothes. For like, sure. I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%, man, 100%. But it is fun. Don't get me wrong. And it mm-hmm. is enjoyable. And it feels good when you have people supporting you and wearing your piece. And it will get easier too as yeah. you establish and become a bigger brand and you have like a reliable factory to work with. Yeah. It was just unfortunate for Winners Collective because we never really got there because as soon as collection two launched and we were getting into like gold's gym and stuff yeah the shutdowns happened and we lost all momentum and and everything so it was truly unfortunate man and like looking back like it it sucks yeah but um i mean that's what happened and we pivot to podcasts and we're on this platform too so so we're here now you guys can see us and just know like we always like tinkle at the idea of like Maybe we'll get another piece in here. Yeah. And Daniel has like a couple samples like in his backpack. His backpack is literally a sample. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like like maybe we'll come back, maybe not. But if anything, just always stay tuned for it because you're going to hear it here first. And we'll for let sure. you guys know like, all right, guys, we're going to full send this. We're going to make this piece. I know like there's, you have like two sweaters hidden right now. And, <laughs> oh, they're so nice. Yeah, the secret pieces. Yeah. yeah, the secret pieces. Oh, and I have the soccer jersey too. Oh, yeah, you do. You do. So I, I, I don't know if I was allowed to talk about that. <laughs> there are some pieces. Yeah, yeah, they're just there. We're literally just waiting for that right moment of like, okay, we can commit to this and we can move forward to it and mm-hmm. get it out there. Yeah. But yeah. That was a mouthful, man. I feel like I talked so much, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like cotton mouth right now. Sapima? <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, I explained it well. Yeah, no, I think it was really cool that you just shared that whole journey, man. It's yeah. fun. I mean, ho- I hope we get to do some of that stuff too. And if anything, I hope we get to travel with this podcast. Seriously, That's going to be fun. If we could take like this whole set with us and just like go places and eventually like be able to meet you guys too. Because when we look at the demographics, uh, off the top of my head, I'm going to round down, but I think it was 70% US mm-hmm. and then everywhere else is from the rest of the world. We see UK, um, Australia. Australia, Canada, yeah. like it's flags from countries I've never even seen before that I had to like Google image <laughs> search and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. So we don't know how you're finding us, but we're really grateful to have you here on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in because every week we meet, it's always a great time and yeah, love the conversations and the people who are listening. Thank you so much. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys want to be a part of the podcast, feel free to ask us anything and who knows, we might make it a topic. Yeah. We'll most likely make it a topic. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Give us uh nice topics to talk about because that's always a, a question that we you know, have to figure out before we jump into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think this is a good place to wrap the podcast. Yeah. Let's do Once it. again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you in the next one. Yep. Thank you. Until next time. Peace. Later. <laughs>